Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. everybody. Italian Wine Podcast celebrates its fourth anniversary this year, and we all love the great content they put out every day. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People has become a big part of our day, and the team in Verona needs to feel our love. Producing the show is not easy, folks. Hurting all those hosts, getting the interviews, dropping the clubhouse recordings, not to mention editing all the material. Let's give them a tangible fan hug with a contribution to all their costs. Head to ItalianWinePodcast.com and click donate to show your love. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. My guest today is Nicola Lenci from Fattoria Magliano in the Tuscan Maremma. Welcome. Thank you, Monty. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Okay, so whereabouts is Fattoria di Magliano? Fattoria di Magliano, it's a family-run estate in the southern part of Tuscany in a corner called Maremma Toscana. So that's actually the portion of Tuscany facing on the Mediterranean seaside area. Mm -hmm. So you're in the Maremma, yeah? Yeah, Maremma, it's a very unique uh, micro-region of Tuscany because it has a very unique microclimate, especially where we are. We are on hills descending to the coastline of Argentario Peninsula and island of Giglio. So actually, we are on a height of 250 meters upon the sea level, but descending to the Mediterranean Sea. So we enjoy the sea breeze. The latitude is very different from the other well-known part of winemaking area in Tuscany. We are southern and Chianti, more than 150 kilometers. So actually, uh, the expression of the wines are very different. So a big capability of ripeness of our fruit, thanks to the sun, but as well the structure of our wines is really driven by the minerality, thanks to a very peculiar composition of the soil. Being so close to the coast, uh, it has a medium density, there is a nice percent of clay, but mainly it's made by white rocks from fossil origin, in Italiano called scheletro, literally means skeleton. So you can imagine there is a big capability of draining and a great expression of a structure. So the combination of the soil and the combination of the constant sea breeze coming from the Mediterraneo allowed us to express a unique style of Tuscan wine. And I like to describe Maremma as the Mediterranean corner of Tuscany. So obviously we are well known for red wines, but we are also exploring in the last 15 years uh, typical indigenous white grapes from the area. Anzonica, Vermentino, we are doing a very good rosato. So I like to consider Maremma Toscana as well a modern corner of Tuscany because the potential are really, really important. 
from indigenous red grapes as a Sangiovese, which is a Morellino di Scanzano DOCG, international grapes variety, especially the Bordelais and the Syrah, but as well, as I mentioned, white grapes. So I think uh, the potential of the territory are really, really unique, and they can be considered a bridge in between old world and new world, because the fruit is so ripe and approachable that makes these wines able to drink by themselves as well, or mainly they are not related only to old world palate, and they also have uh, the beautiful characteristic to be gastronomic and with a high freshness. So that's mainly, in simple words, uh, the characteristic of this uh, micro-region called Marem. Okay, I'm going to ask you about your father. But he was the one that founded the estate. Is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. Agostino is the founder. He's still the boss, actually. <laughs> and we are working together. What was his profession then, before he became a winemaker? So before he was a wine producer, he was a shoemaker. He, was a, he has a big uh, manufacturer um, factory still in Tuscany about shoes. So that's another very Italian business. Uh, he had a very good success in his past life. For 25 years, he joined the, the industry and then he had a good opportunity to sell in a right moment in 1996. So that's how he became, uh, I'm not saying rich, but able to waste the fortune in the wine business. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, in Italian, there is a, 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 a way of saying you can become a millionaire in the wine business when you start as a billionaire. So that's the only way you can. And uh, at the time of the shoe business, he was a world traveler. He traveled the world for more than 200 days per year. So I always say that the best way to be indulgent with yourself when you work that hard around the world is to enjoy very good restaurants and very good bottle of wines. So that's how he started to be in touch with the good personality, personalities in the wine business. And uh, when he found that he had the opportunity to rebuild his life, he started to travel Tuscany to find the right place to realize his dream. So just because he's a great French wine lover, which is kind of unique for an Italian, he started to find the region where he could plant diverse grape and express a new way of being Tuscan. And he thought he found in, uh, in Maremma for all the opportunity and the potential unexpressed of the land. But you're interesting because you've got both, uh, you talk about um, your father and his international outlook and the international varieties that he planted, but you have local varieties as well. Can you just go through, first of all, the international ones, and then we'll talk about the wines that you make? Absolutely. So, uh, first of all, when my father planted, I mean, selected the the land and he started to plant new vines, he had a very good tips by one of the most iconic uh, wine maker of the 80s and 90s. He was Giacomo Takis. And Giacomo Takis came here and says to my father, 
Here you got rocks. You got different temperature between night and day with very warm day. You got the water. So if you don't plant Syrah, you are a silly man. Obviously, we follow the advice because the guy, he, know, he knew what he did. So the Syrah found one of the most uh, unique climate to grow and to express uh, a Mediterranean style of Syrah. And as well, there are the conditions to grow Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot thanks to the very rocky and drainy uh, characteristic of the soil. So let's say that we are able to express these international grapes, but with a prominent fruit of Maremma. So our target is always to grow international grapes, which are able to tell you the characteristic of Maremma. Okay, so let's go through some of the, uh, let's do the international varieties first, and then we'll come back, because obviously you have some local varieties too. So let's start with, um, let's start with the red wines. What, what about your Maremma Toscana DOC? You mentioned uh, Syrah. Uh, the Syrah is Perenzo. Exactly. Perenzo is a very boutique production from our estate, only 8,000 bottles, but I think it's very identitary of our wine production. But especially the most iconic wines that we produce, and it's also the wines that has been internationally recognized as one of the most important of the coast, is Maremma Toscana Rosso Doc Poggio Bestiale. That's literally a Bordeaux blend from Maremma. We blend in almost the same percentage Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc and Merlot. But uh, we like to be inspired by the tradition of the master of these grapes. So we vinified and aged all the grapes separately to create the blend every year. So our spot is to follow the same style every year. Obviously, every vintage is different, but it's important to try to build up the same wine every year. So Poggio Bestiale, it's a wine uh, with international grapes, but it's made to match typical Tuscan dishes as a wild boar, lamb, gamey foods. So very, very interesting. What about the aging for Poggio Bestiale? Is it in uh, Barrique or uh, in, in Tonneau? Or... Let's say that uh, for all of our uh, international grapes, we do a temperature control fermentation in steel, and then we use medium toasted French oak from Allier Forest, 225 liters of capacity, so typical barrique. The 20% are new, the 80% are from second and third passage. So we think that our wines, they need just some time to breathe and express the complexity, not really to be influenced by the oak taste, especially because we also believe very much in the bottle aging, thanks to the high acidity of our uh, of our soil. So the spot of the estate with Poggio Bestiale is to have a, a very important wine with aging capability, but ready to drink now. <laughs> 
guys, this is a brief intermission to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Ferro Wine, the largest wine store in Italy since 1920. We are delighted to have them on board and thank them for their generous support and our new t-shirts. Find out more on italianwinepodcast.com. Now back to the show. So yeah, it's interesting that you're going easy on the oak because your wines are very drinkable almost from the from the start and um your your um strategy there I think is really is is really working. What about white wine? So white wine for us are becoming really strategic. So since the very first vintage in 2001 after 4 years of growing vines, we've been out with the Morellino di Scanzano, Sangiovese di OCG the Poggio Bestiale, but as well the Pagliatura Vermentino. So at the beginning it was pretty weird to have a Vermentino in Tuscany, but we cannot consider Maremma as the other part of Tuscany because as I mentioned before, we have a very unique climate. So the latest ripe grape are very vocated and the Vermentino needs time to ripe properly and express the fruit, but as well, it needs to be influenced by the sea breeze to get the odium and salinity. So if you think about Vermentino, it's very common in all the region faced into the Tyrrhenian seaside area as Kors, Provence, Sardinia, Liguria. So why not here in Maremma Toscana? And since the beginning, Pagliatura Vermentino was a success and is, it has become one of the most strategic wine for us. So thanks to the success of the Vermentino, and not, not talking only about uh, Fattoria di Magliano Vermentino, but as well the regional Vermentino, the public started to understand that Maremma is not only a place where we produce big red wines. So they've become ready to explore new white grapes from the area. We also started to plant Anzonica, which is another regional grape of the family of Insolia, and is a typical insular grape. We have the insula, the isle of uh, Giglio, the peninsula of Argentario, and comparing to the Vermentino, it's a very salty, dry and uh, and round style of white wine, less aromatic, but very grassy, very salty. Yeah, I've got a, just going back to the Vermentino, I've got a question. When you planted, you planted at a very high density of 6,400 vines per, per hectare. Was the idea there to get smaller yields per grapevine? Yeah, exactly. So that's the way we are managing the vines here. So... There is a maximum production of, uh, on the Vermentino, one kilos of grapes per plant maximum. So our spot always was to produce quality rather than quantity. So think about, we have almost 50 hectares of vines, but we produce 250,000 bottles per year. So being in a, in a region with a lack of water, and being in a region with uh, rocky soil, you have to think also that we run our estate in organic. So we don't want to incentive the production with uh, not allowed method. So for us, the Vermentino, it's a 
quality expression of white wine from Tuscany. So that's why we are incentive the competition of the vines uh, to get more structure in the fruit. And getting deeper roots, I guess, because they have to compete, don't they, when they're so close together? Absolutely. They need to go very deeper in the soil to get the water and together with the water, all the mineral nutrients. The vinification method, cryo maceration, so a cold temperature maceration, to try to extract in the best way, in the gentle way, all the aromas and the typical fruit of the Vementino from Marema. Then we keep it in contact with fine leaves since the bottling time, so almost three months. So that's the way to have a juicy Vermentino uh, with nice fruit, but keeping the crispiness of the Mediterranean touch. Okay, Nicola, what would be a good local dish for that particular wine? What's your favorite food with that wine? So the interesting aspect of Pagliatura Vermentino, it's a structured Vermentino, but driven by the fruit. So you can play around a little bit. You can easily match with the typical blue fish of uh, the Tyrrhenian Sea that we have in front of our hills, like anchovies or the typical uh, orata sea bass white fish to enlarge the freshness. But as well, you can match with... Uh, white meat of the region, which is not chicken, but rabbit. What about the Ansonica Brissi? Ansonica Brissi, it's a new project of our estate. I mentioned before that we experimented Brissaia Ansonica. That was our original production of Ansonica. So Brissaia, it's very much in Fattoria di Magliano's style. So Creo maceration and temperature control, fermentation is still, it's crisp and fresh. The Brissi, it's more related to the historical and traditional vinification of the grape of Anzonica. Because you got to know that the Anzonica here, it's recognized as a countryside grape. So before 10 years ago, nobody was labeling it, but everybody was growing it at home. It's a grape with very thick skin and low acidity. So traditionally, it has a great structure, not much parfums, but very saline. So the maceration uh, always been a typical process of vinification. So we did cryo maceration as well, prefermentative, but for 100 hours. So not anymore 24, but 100. And then we experimented uh, a natural fermentation for this wine. So after the still for the cryo maceration, we put in uh, cement egg-shaped vats where the Ansonica is starting a spontaneous fermentation without temperature control. And it's produced only in 1,200 bottles. So it's really, really, really a boutique production. And it's a structured white wine. It has a slightly touch of tannins, but especially shown a great mineral profile, very saline, a lot of plum and uh, white apple. So it's a structured white wine, but with low alcohol, only 12%. You can have fun with this wine, especially with a typical Toscana antipasti, even the charcuterie, cold cuts, and especially fresh cheese, pecorino, 
It's a very gastronomic white wine. Okay, let's talk about the Rosato. So Rosato, it's a wine that we produce since 2010. It's called Ilario. And with this Rosato, we want to match the two souls of our family. The inspiration of uh, drinking French wines and the characteristic of Maremma Terroir. So since we are on beautiful hills descending on the coast, we enjoy the sea breeze, we thought they were very good condition to produce a Provençal style of Rosato. Many characteristics in common with that region, especially expressed by the spontaneous plants growing in our surroundings. So we dedicate a single portion of the vineyard of San Giovese with the best exposition to the coast for an earliest harvest. So we pick up the grapes 12, 15 days in advance to keep the acidity very crisp, very fresh. And then we bring it to the cellar and we squeeze it very softly. So maceration time less than three hours and vinified in steel. So it looks like a Provençal color, but it's shown the structure of the Sangiovese from Maremma, which is not only tannin and freshness, but mainly are juicy ripe fruit so it's a sangiovese it's a rosato that you can match with again a typical italian antipasti prosciutto bruschetta it's fun it's fruity but a very nice uh, touch of salinity as well okay let's go on to the uh, the reds let's start with the um perenzo so Syrah perenzo i mentioned before in our conversation, how we started to produce it, thanks to the advice of uh, Mr. Giacomo Takis. And since the beginning, we've been uh, amazed <laughs> by the the results. So that's why we blended the Syrah not only for 100% Syrah label called Perenzo, but as well for our Morellino di Scanzano DOC. So our Syrah, it's very particular. It's not an inland Syrah. So it's mainly focused on the typical herbal scent of the Mediterranean surroundings. So, okay, it has a little bit of pepper, but it's mainly built on the scent of mint, licorice, olives, black olives, and the fruit. It's ripe, but it's never uh, overripe. So it's a kind of Syrah that you can easily pop up the bottle and drink it still fermented and uh, for the international grapes we use the same vinification uh, technique and uh, aging process so 80 percent of used barrels 20 percent of new oak and the perenzo i think it's a very versatile syrah which is showing freshness minerality and it's a modern style of syrah and perenzo it's a dedication to my grandfather his name was Enzo, and he was a great Syrah lover. He's always pushed my father to produce a Syrah 100%. And finally, when we released, he didn't have the chance to taste it because he passed away. So we dedicated the, the wines to him. And on the label, you can see the tear of the family for the departing of the grandfather. Okay, nice story. Tell us about the Rosso Altisi, which is a Cabernet Franc. What makes that special? Yes. So I already talked about 
Yeah, I talked about Poggio Bestiale, which is a blend of Sauvignon, Franc and Merlot. And as I, as I mentioned, we, we do the vinification and the aging process separately. So that's allowed us uh, every vintage to taste the different barrels of 100% grape. And every, every vintage we've been surprised by the Cabernet Franc. So we started to plant new vines to create this label. 50% are coming from new vines, 50% of the juice from the Poggio Bestiale vineyard. So we realized that this Cabernet Franc was unique because was really telling you the characteristic of Maremma Toscana because the Cabernet Franc is able to ripe very properly and finally express a red juicy fruit typical of uh, cherry, cassis, uh, red berries. So that's, in my opinion, made this wine very Maremma Toscana style. And as well, it has a nice balsamic note given by the terroir. So I consider the Altizzi not only a wine for Cabernet lover, but a wine for fine wine drinker. So that's makes special in my opinion, for this wine. Okay, Poggio Bestiale. Poggio Bestiale, uh, it's our uh, brand. It's the flagship of our estates, especially in terms of review and uh, international press. Uh, it's a blend, it's a Bordeaux blend from Maremma Toscana. So again, you got the structure, you got the spiciness, but the fruit, it's always predominant in the character of the wine. And that makes this big blend special because obviously it can stay in the bottle, in your cellar, as long as you want in between 25, 30 years. But now it's ready to drink. So you can really enjoy the balance of this wine. And the Poggio Bestiale is also the name of the crew when it's coming from which is a, a single vineyard with the best, best exposition to the coastline and to the sea breeze. So for this wine, not only the ripeness is important, but especially the combination in between the mineral structure and the typical spiciness of the Cabernets, which, is a, which are a very aromatic in this, in this uh, wine. So Poggio Bestiale literally means the hillside of the beast because uh, when my father bought this land it's in the middle of nowhere surrounding by woods and in nighttime infested by wild boar so it was already called the hillside of the beast by the people of the village so when we started to plant with those big rocks very low quantity per hectares we said this is the hillside of the beast we need to keep the name and it's a wine that you can match with barbecue and with beautiful uh, recipe for tasty, tasty meat. I've got a little question about when you're doing the blend, uh, when you've just done the fermentation, do you age the different grape varieties differently or in different oak or do you blend uh, soon after winemaking is finished and, uh, and have everything sort of homogenous? How do you, how do, you do it? So, uh, as I said before, after the steel fermentation, uh, we select the grape to dedicate in single barrels and to age separately. And uh, mainly 
we are, let's say, very flexible because in this region, in our vines, every vintage has a different results. So one of the wines that need less new oak, it's probably the Merlot. So Merlot, it's mainly used in uh, old barrels, in the oldest barrels, and the both Cabernets are dedicated to the newest. But that's an approximate steam because we are not so tight to a recipe to realize the wine. You got to know that uh, the different parcels and the different terroir are very tight to the harvest, so they express themselves differently every vintage. So the hard work is always to try to find the same uh, results at the end of the process. Okay, tell us about the uh, Rosso Sinara, which is 100% Sangiovese, and it's another one of your concrete egg uh, wines. Yeah, so we work all the Sangiovese, so both Sinara and Morellino di Scanzano Eba, in a cement for the aging process. So for the Sinara, we do still fermentation at controlled temperature. After the fermentation, we use, uh, in this case, big cement tank for the aging. Why? Because with the Sinara, we want to enlarge and to point out the unique style of Sangiovese from Maremma, which is different from the other part of Tuscany. Why? Because here, our Sangiovese, it's really easy to approach and fragrant in the fruit. So probably it has a little less tannins and the freshness, it's really driven by the minerality. So it has a slightly, it has a slightly touch of a salinity. So that helps us to use the cement because the cement is keeping a little oxidation during the aging process that helps to express the fruit in the most fragrant way. So to obtain the structure for Sinarra, we didn't use any oak, but we decided to make a selection in a single vineyard. So the Sangiovese for Sinarra, it's coming from the Poggio Bestiale vineyard, where we have less production per hectares and less production per vines. Okay, uh, Nicola, last um the last wine is, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, it's a Morellino di Scanzano, and it's called Heber or Heber, which is mainly Sangiovese. Absolutely. So Heber, it's even the more important wine for us because it's the typical DOCG expression of Sangiovese. So it's the unique style of Sangiovese from Maremma Toscana, and it's the 40% of our total production. So it's a Sangiovese, which is not a wine only for the Sangiovese lover, which is more the Sinarra, but it's a wine for wine drinkers, as we are. So for people who are drinking wine every day, and it's a wine very versatile, you can match with everything, you can drink by itself. There is a 95% of Sangiovese and a 5% of Syrah in the blend. So I mentioned before how much uh, the Syrah is uh, unique and vocated in the area so much that we decided to blend with the Sangiovese DOCG. Because this Syrah, it's very aromatic, it's very spicy, but it's not rustic. So it's interacting very well with the freshness of the Sangiovese. 
So Heba, it's the wine that we love to drink every day. Even in the summertime, you can keep it in the fridge and drink as an aperitivo because it's made without oak. And it's very, very aromatic in terms of crunch red fruits. It's very enjoyable. And the name is inspired by our tradition because Heba was the name of the village Magliano, where we are sited, during the Etruscan era. So the population before Romans, they were settled here and the village was called Heba. So that's why on the label you can find uh, an Etruscan goddess image found in excavation in the surroundings of the village. So I always say that with this label we are trying to communicate the philosophy of the state, to be inspired by the tradition, but shown in a modern way. Yeah, very well described. I've tried that one. I think in, in London, I was actually in a friend with, in London and uh, who love there, the real wine lovers. And um, I hadn't had many of your wines before and um, it's certainly very, very nice. So listen, um, thanks very much um, for explaining uh, in great detail the wines of Fattoria di, di Magliano. It's an area of the of Tuscany that I think is still a little bit um, ignored and um, you're obviously looking to change that. So we want to say thanks, Nicola, and um, wish you every success and a, and a good harvest this season, okay? Take care. Thank you, Monty. Thank you for the opportunity and I'm looking forward to see the wines of Fattoria di Magliano all around the world. Thank you for the chance. Grazie. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.